Sam Petrie is here with us today. How are you doing, Sam? I'm doing good. How are you? Very good. Very good. Um, what's new? What's going on? Oh, oh, everything and nothing. You know, it's uh, living the best life that I possibly can in the middle of a lockdown with babies and puppies. Uh, busy. <laughs> Keeping busy. A lot going on inside the house. Mm-hmm. Can't go too far from the house. No. That's great. I, I reached out to you and um, you're pretty... I don't know if vocals the right word, but you were open with your posts on social media about mm-hmm. your struggles and the, some of the things you've been through. And I, I reached out and you actually mentioned the podcast on your posts. So I just wanted to reach out to see if you'd like to share and you yeah. did. And I just want to say thanks. Thanks for getting to come on. Yeah. And thank you for doing everything you're doing. Great. Well, thank you so much. Well, uh, we can get right into your story. You can jump in wherever you'd like and go from there. Oh, all right. Well, uh, it, it, I, I struggle. I, I don't know where to start because it's hard to really summarize an entire life to really, you know, tell you who I am and why I am who I am. But um, you know, I guess uh, when I was a kid, I you know started off pretty ordinary. I just uh, lived in a very rural PEI. The only neighbors I had were family. I didn't have a whole lot of friends. Um, I was very quiet, uh, like quiet to the point where, uh, you know, my, my teachers, my family, like everybody thought there was something wrong with me because I was just so cripplingly shy. Um, you know, and I, I remember one teacher in front of me and my father and even some of the students in my class just like outright said, you know, she's, she's probably not going to go anywhere. She's probably, you know, she'll be lucky if she graduates, you know, and uh, that really- It's a crazy thing me. to say to a kid. Yeah, it was, it was pretty messed up. I was probably a grade, I was grade two or three. So, you know, pretty young and impressionable. And uh, so I believe oh. her because it was like, you know, she's an adult. She must know what she's talking about. So I just- Of course. Go, that's, that's it. That's who I am. That's what I am. So. How old were you when you first remember- like, do you have a first kind of sort of memory of being shy? Is that just like when you, the whole time when you were a kid or? Uh, it goes back further. So I, I dealt with um, a bit of abuse in my, my younger years, um, like sexual and mental abuse. So anytime some like topics around that would come up, it would kind of, I just shut down completely. Right. And then it got to the point where I just, you know, I didn't even know how to talk anymore. I didn't know how to cope. I didn't know how to deal with anything. So I just, I just shut down. Right. And yeah, I brought that into my school life. You know, anytime somebody would say my name or, or ask me a question, I just, I just totally closed down completely. Like I, even something as simple as asking me what my name was would, would be enough to just completely cripple me. Wow. So just just asking a question at all kind of bring you yeah yeah drawing any attention to me (laughs) at all I just I hated this okay um and then so around grade two or three that happened with the teacher yeah yeah. so yeah she she pretty much said like yeah she's you know I basically felt like she was saying she's just stupid and that's just that's just something you're all gonna have to deal with so I believed her and I I gave up, you know, I I didn't, I stopped trying in school. I stopped trying to make friends. I stopped trying to be nice. I just was like, whatever, I'm just gonna 
roll through life. And uh, so, I mean, I, that kept up for a few years. I didn't have very many friends. I was bullied a lot. Um, I, was, I was pretty miserable, you know, from, from about that time up until, up until high school. And then I sort of, you know, grew into my looks and I, I sort of found my own group of friends in high school and I started to get popular and I didn't really know what to do with all this disattention suddenly. So I dealt with it by drinking and partying and smoking and doing recreational drugs and uh, oh, whew, any, anything like that. I was just, uh, just wasn't coping. So I, I just partied and partied hard until I found myself pregnant at 17. And uh, yeah, so then I, I decided I was gonna smarten up and be a mom, so. That was that was that you know closing one chapter and moving on to another one and uh, I had a bit of a crazy rocky start to motherhood because my son was actually born with a, a birth defect a gastroschisis his, his bowels were formed on the outside of his stomach um, so at seventeen they had to ship me off to Halifax to have him there so I had left my tiny little village where I'd grown up and lived my entire life and all of a sudden I was living in this you know big metropolis city of Halifax for for the first time um, solo by myself. So, and we were there for a couple of months uh, until he was well enough to come home and they moved us to Charlottetown Hospital and we stayed there for a few more, few more months. Um, you still so in high school at this time? I, well, I just graduated. Um, I graduated in June and then I had him in October. So I was, I was quite pregnant <laughs> during my prom. So I okay. actually made my own, me and my grandmother made my prom dress to like, it was like a ballerina style prom dress. So it like, oh, yeah. it, it rose out like over the belly. So you actually couldn't tell that I was pregnant. I mean, it was a small school, so everybody knew anyway, but right. yeah, I rolled with it. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 So, so that was my introduction to motherhood. Um, and then my, he was only a, a few months old whenever I found myself pregnant with baby number two. And, uh, you know, that was great. I, I really loved being a mom and I had really awesome kids, you know, despite the, you know, my, my son's illness. Um, but my relationship was really tough. Uh, he had a lot of issues like uh, with, with drugs and alcohol and, you know, sleeping with other women. So that took its toll on our relationship. And, um, yeah, so so I left him when my soon after my daughter was born. Met a man right away, moved in with him, had another baby. It was because that's what you do, right? It was, you know, just just keep pumping out babies. Uh, <laughs> something I'm very good at. <laughs> Baby machine at this point. I am, yeah. Pumping them I'm out. Still, still at it. That was that was ten years ago. I'm still uh, just <laughs> had baby number four. So. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I tease. I, I love it. My kids are wonderful. Um, but yeah, so, so when you talk about motherhood, like you loved it, so you, you loved it right away. Was that like a big transition from kind of your party life or just your your normal kind of teenage you know, life I, into like motherhood? I, I had finally found some purpose in some direction for my life. Like I, I found a reason to smarten up. Um, you know, someone that you know just give me some stability. And uh, I had a lot of love to give. I didn't know it. 
Um, I had really found my voice too, and I was getting my confidence. And uh, I don't know, my, my kids, like that was, it was certainly a, a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't go back and change it any, any bit of it, that's for sure, so. It's very interesting. So you have the second kid, mm -hmm. and oh, so you had the third kid, rather. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I had second, left their dad, moved in with a new man, had a baby. We lived together for a couple of years, and then um, I sort of had a little bit of like a breakdown, I guess uh, you could call it, a or an existential crisis. Maybe is just probably a, a better term for it. I. Uh, I was just so miserable. I was I I loved being a mom, but I realized that's all I am. I, I didn't I didn't have any hobbies. I didn't have any friends. Um, right. I didn't I didn't know who I was besides besides just a mom. And I it really uh, really got to me because I had always had a bit of a like a gypsy heart, and I always wanted to you know before I found out I was pregnant, I. I had dreams of like joining the Navy and, and just sailing off or traveling the world. Um, right. Some of that happened after I was pregnant. I, I chose to be a mom. Um, but yeah, no, I, I still had these urges to just be something more than, than what life was for me at that moment. And right. it, it was like debilitating. I, I, I was still able to, you know, provide for my kids, but then, after they went to bed, I was just, I, I, there was nothing left. I would just like sink into the floor and just melt and just kind of like not want to wake up. And uh, I, I realized like I was, I didn't want to be alive anymore. I, I wasn't suicidal uh, yet, <laughs> but I just, I, I just didn't want to live that life anymore. And I felt right. like a monster because there was like, I'd have these thoughts like, do I just do I run away? Do I leave my my children? Do I do I just vanish, disappear without yeah. a trace? And uh, and I was thinking like people would think I was a monster if I did that. You would be better if I just died because right. you know, then people would be feeling sorry for me and not like oh like what kind of mother could leave her children? You know like a which is how I feel. <laughs> like, I, looking at my kids now there's no way I could ever leave them that's not what I wanted I just didn't want the life that I was giving them or myself here I've, with, yeah. I've always imagined like that like just what you're saying when you become like a young parent you know like the 17 18 or whatever age like the just that time from like 17 to like 25 or 30 or whatever so like this time of like finding yourself and becoming yeah. like figuring out who you want to be and um yeah for sure i've always I, I always imagined that that would just be such a hard time um and you know and from what i gather from people i know like such a hard time to like find yourself at the same time you're being like a parent yeah oh because it's it such really a is. developmental time for yourself as well yeah it really is and uh yeah so that i mean uh I eventually did. Um, I ended up uh, attempting suicide shortly after I was having all these feelings. Uh, didn't didn't work out so well for me, thankfully. Um, so I spent some time in in Unit Nine and 
in the psych ward for for about a month or so until I was you know well enough to to go home uh, I left my my partner my boyfriend um, applied to Holland College on a whim uh, into the trade school there the, uh, for precision machining just no idea what it was i just thought it sounded kind of sexy <laughs> to be honest precision machining precision yeah. <laughs> could i ask you and i mean yeah. again you, you can share as much as you want to but like yeah. your mindset leading up to the attempt and like kind of because uh, i think that's like important for people to to hear and to maybe relate even relate to is like um like what what mental state you find yourself in before that happened um i was obviously in a very dark place and i wasn't thinking very clearly i pretty much decided that i didn't want to be alive anymore i didn't necessarily think i would kill myself but i was just like why can't i just get cancer or get hit by a car you know and eventually i just tried to take it into my own hands um I, i just really thought that my kids would be better off without me kind of weighing them down or or you know my 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 partner we, we didn't get along that great but i still cared about him still do you know still want the best for everyone but uh yeah no i just i just really didn't want to live the life that i was living anymore and i didn't see a way out of it besides stuck just not being alive anymore right it's like an overwhelming feeling of being stuck yeah very much And was that your first time like being hospitalized or going to unit nine? Yeah. Yeah, it was being in a hospital at all besides for childbirth. It was, it was a, that was an experience. Um, it, it wasn't really a good one or a bad one. It was just sort of a, it was, it was quite neutral. I, I feel like I, I didn't have, I don't have any bad blood with any of the doctors or psychiatrists, that's for sure. But I, I really don't feel like they did enough. Um, right. I mean, they're, they're also overworked. There's only so many of them and there's a lot of us who are struggling. So right. I, I felt like they were just kind of just watching to make sure I you know, wasn't going to hurt myself, making sure I was taking my medication. And then that was it. Like, you know, I'd go in for my therapy, you know, once every couple of days and the doctor pretty much just sit there with with their backs to me typing in my responses like anything notable like it was very impersonable and it was, certainly wasn't very healing um but uh, but i mean i survived and i was grateful and i was i was willing to to really try to really try the medication they had put me on and to go to school and to try i mean i figured what did i have to lose you know besides my life which yeah, I tried. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, yeah. So where do you, you go to school from there? And, and, um, so did they put you on medication, like, um, to go on when you got out as well? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, we, we tried an antidepressant, um, and I, I, I liked it. I'm actually still, I'm still on it. Uh, years later, I stuck with it. I, I don't even know if it's so much the drug itself that helps, but kind of the routine of taking it every morning, just like 
getting up and taking it religiously and I just I like that right so. um and do you mind sharing which which one worked for you uh affection so you go from there and then you go um decide to go back to school yeah yeah so so I left my partner uh I moved into my mother's tiny little cottage in Greenwich uh with my three kids so it was my mom and my sister in a two-bedroom cottage and I I decided I was going to move in with three kids so I built a makeshift bedroom in her basement <laughs> for the, the the kids and I to share uh it was interesting that they the kids loved it they were like it was like a sleepover with mommy every night um <laughs> And my, my family is very, very helpful. I, I love my family very much. I don't know what I'd do without them. Um, so they helped me up as much as they could. I, I mean, actually at one point, my mother and my sister and myself were all going to school. So, and, and raising these three children. Um, so yeah, I stuck that up for, for a couple of years. I, I graduated and I was actually, I was working in my trade before I even got my diploma. Um, I just, I absolutely loved it. Uh, it was, it was a really, really hard few years. So for sure, I was driving from Greenwich to Summerside, which is like a two hour drive one way, twice a day. <laughs> so it, wow. it, it was, it, you know, it was tough because school would be out at four. I get home at six. I'd have to feed the kids, do homework, do my homework, try and clean up, get everything ready for school the next day. It was like two o'clock in the morning before I was going to bed. And then I was up at five to start my day. So it was, it was really tough. Um, and then it was working in my trade and I absolutely loved the work, but the work environment was really tough because I was the only female um, and I was, I was sexually and mentally and physically abused by various people I had worked with. Uh, so I decided to do something about it. Uh, me and my best friend who I met in trade school, she's a, a Red Seal electrician now. Uh, we started this, uh, uh, yeah, this uh, not-for-profit organization called Women Building PEI. And it was basically just kind of to support women on the island who are either in the trades or interested in getting into the trades. And I understood support them however we could um so that that's that's a lot of work but it's a labor of love and it's growing and i, I love seeing all these women young and old who are you know realizing what they can do and it, it gives me a lot of pride it makes me really happy and i i feel like i've, I've left a tiny little mark you know um so uh i think that's awesome yeah thank you um what if you don't mind sharing like what sort of things did you experience in that environment oh uh you know like people grabbing my butt um telling me that i should wear like a mini skirt to work or uh or just like telling me that i should be cleaning up um i so I, I usually just put Sam on, on all my resumes. I go by Sam. My, my name is Samantha, but I, everybody knows me as Sam. So when I showed up for an interview, the person thought I was actually a man. Um, and on the phone, when I was talking to them, they had offered me $16 an hour starting off. But whenever he gave me the job, he lowered it to 14 
dollars an hour after realizing I was a woman. Right. Um, and you know, I just I I took what I could get at the time because I really needed to work and I needed to just kind of prove myself. So I, I put up with it. Um, but yeah, I know the the mental abuse. It was like screaming at me, you know, telling me I was I was no good. Called me girl. Uh, I had one boss who wouldn't even refer to me with my name he'd say hey girl come here uh, which drove me fucking crazy um oh gosh there's, there's just there's so much so much there's mm-hmm. yeah being groped cursed at talked down to you name it it's it's happened right i think that's really awesome that you started that um what was it called again you're not for profit uh, woman building PEI. Well, BPI. I think it's really awesome that you started that because, um, yeah, I think just bringing awareness to that and, um, you know, I think anybody that's worked in trades has been around them, you know, it's kind of like a, uh, you know, it's, it's mostly men, but it's, there's kind of like a, it's very like a masculine environment and, um, yeah. you know, but like, there's no reason why women should be treated that way. And there's no reason why, um, they can't work in trades if they want to work in trades. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so leading from there, where do you go from there? Um, like I kept, I kept that up. Um, I kept working and I, I was also kind of like, you know, I've been on this quest to figure out who I am since, since I tried to, to kill myself. I was like, well, I'm alive. I might as well do this my way. So, I, you know, I, I kind of, I always try to have a hobby of some sort. I, you know, anything from like yoga to dancing to sailing to oh Lordy, just everything. You, you mentioned something to me, and I'm like, yeah, I can do that, and then I'll, I'll give it a shot. So, uh, another thing, I, I started working in film uh, here and there, part time, yeah, on both sides of the screen primarily behind the screen I am uh, are you familiar with the terms like I'm a, a gaffer or a grip um no but maybe uh, you can so explain like to a, me a lighting technician like, I, I, okay I put stuff up and I tear stuff down behind the scenes basically so okay so that's fun Very but it's cool. not you know it's not a huge uh, market on PEI so it's only like jobs here and there uh so I still need something full-time to you know, right. um, I'm sure it was interesting yeah. when you get some when you got some work done. Like you probably seen some cool oh, projects going super on. Super cool, yeah. I've met some really cool people. I've got to I got to do a lot of really fun things. I got to go to Halifax for like some some film festivals, and I mean, it, it's it's really fun. It's it's really I really enjoy the work and I enjoy the people and um yeah. So that's been one really cool aspect of my life. Um, yeah, no, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I've just been really fucking busy. <laughs> I <laughs> probably too busy. I, I, I sometimes I don't know how to say no or to stop when I'm ahead. I and I, I've noticed a cycle where like I, I just I go so hard, like as hard as I can for as long as I can, and then I crash, and yeah. then I just need to like. I stop responding to emails, to text messages. I, you know, I don't leave my house. I just completely crumble. <laughs> and right. uh, 
and I, I never really understood it. I was like, what the fuck's wrong with me? But you know, I, I burned <laughs> myself out. Uh, yeah. So I, I, you know, I'm, I'm still working on this. I'm still trying to pace myself. It's an ongoing battle. Cause like when I'm happy and energetic and when things are going good, I'm like, I'm, I'm on top of the world and I start all these projects and, uh, you know, and, and I try to keep them all up. Uh, but you know, I'm only one person and it, it takes its toll. So, so I still, you know, I'm still working on that. This, this lockdown has been, you know, this past year has been interesting. Yeah. It sort of forced me to slow down, know, to sit down and slow down. Yeah. And, uh, it's been really, it's been both good for me and bad for me. It's, it's been simultaneously like one of the worst years of my life and one of the best ones. I, I think that the bad things that are happening in my life right now came at kind of a good time because I, I am forced to sit down and really deal with it. And uh, instead of like, you know, before, if something traumatic happened in my life, I would hide from it. I would, I would find another hobby and procrastinate. I would just do anything but deal with the problem. Stay busy um, as possible, not think about it. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's kind of, a, yeah. That's kind of like the, the eternal dance we play as humans, I think. Um, and uh, like, I'm a personal trainer, that's my job. So it's kind of like the help clients with it a lot is like the balancing act and like not doing everything at once and it's really hard for everybody like I struggle with it every day like what can you do sustainably and then what are you pushing off and then you know going into your mental health like what are you what are you not dealing with you know and then all of a sudden like you get you feel like you're doing really good and then like you know sometime later you're like like you said you can't even do anything it's like I haven't been taking care of myself yeah yeah, I'm certainly having to learn to pace myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting though. The uh yeah, it's it's just it's different for everybody too. That I think that's what's interesting about it is like, you know, maybe some people can handle a lot more than others. And then it's like finding like the self-awareness to know like when you've had enough, when you need to dial back a little bit, when what you need to do and when you need to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something I try and practice every day. Just you know, try and reflect on like, you know, where am I? Where do I want to be? What can I do? Like, what can I do? Um, and it's, it's something, you know, I think I'm going to be like this for the rest of my life. Like, I, you know, I don't see any other way and I'm, I'm totally okay with that now. Uh, you know, before when I started, when I really accepted that I was, you know, depressed and anxious and I had, you know, I, I was like, I, I don't want to live like this. Like, what a pain mm-hmm. in the ass. <laughs> I have to yeah, deal yeah. with this every day yeah. of my life. Like, yeah. Heck. Um, but like you know what? everybody deals with it in some level or they have mm-hmm. something else. Like, you know, we're yeah. human, we're not perfect. And this is who I am. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to find the best way to, to live the rest of my life. So. What have been the biggest things for you to navigate? Um, everything you've been through what do you mean like as far as um like a daily practice you said the medication helps a lot but um i guess the question 
a better question would be, what are the things you do on a daily basis to help maintain your mental health? The things that you've learned to, to help it? Yeah, so I try to keep as much of a routine as I can. Um, you know, get up in the morning, make my bed, brush my teeth, uh, take my meds. Um, I've just recently started yoga. I, I'm trying very hard to like, you know, lose my COVID slash baby weight. Uh, so I, I, and I need to be more active. Uh, oh, you're a personal trainer, right? I, I did one push up and I put my back out for you would not be very proud of me. I, uh, Listen, that's okay. Next time, <laughs> maybe go from your knees, make it a little bit easier. Start there. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll have to. I think I've traumatized myself though. I might just stay away from from push-ups for a while. <laughs> I'll stick to yoga. It's, it's easy. Um, but yeah, so try and do something active. I, I got a dog. I got a I got a COVID pet, um, and it, she's been really good for me because you know, she forces me to get outside and go for a walk. Right, um, right, and she's just like a constant companion. She loves me so much, probably too much. She's she's a stage five clinger, but it's okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's she's been good for me. Um, I, I really try to reflect as much as I can. If I'm feeling something, like if I'm depressed or even happy, I'm like, why? Where are these feelings coming from? Uh, you know, just just really try to analyze everything so that i know where it's all coming from and what to do about it yeah that's that's it just little things and i'm still learning i still have a, a lot of hard lessons to learn i'm sure so yeah, right i think that's um those are all great things and like yeah just i think awareness um it's so easy to, uh, like you said, like, like to be able to, to, to push things down and then um, like not being aware of how you're feeling until it's too late and you kind of mm -hmm. over that, that edge, so to speak. Yeah. And then yeah. you got to kind of dig yourself out of a hole by the time you realize yeah. you're in one. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really good at that. I, one thing I've learned over the past couple of years is, uh, yeah, I know when to ask for help. Um, and yeah. I've got a great support system. I have a wonderful partner and my family is still very, you know, I'm very close with them. Um, and when I feel the kind of like the burnout or something, like when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm not afraid to, to tell them. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, they're always great to be like, yeah, what can we do? Um, and that's been really helpful. For sure. I think that's another thing too. It's like um, a lot of people are usually really scared to, to open up to, their loved ones about how they're actually mm -hmm. feeling yeah or just being able to say like i'm upset or i'm burnt out or i'm whatever it is yeah. yeah well i mean they're all kind of we were always close but certainly after um you know that they'd come they went to visit me in the hospital when i was there and they were just like well, how did it get this bad you know and so kind of ever since then we've, we've always been very close and you know they've shared with me their struggles so you know it's certainly it's a two-way street um because right. i don't want to always you know I, I can feel like a burden um sometimes you know like i feel like maybe i'm asking for too much help or or something so yeah that that's that's something i do struggle with still because you know I, I i can be a lot i have really strong emotions and I express myself uh, very strongly, and I, I know that can be 
a lot for some people to hear because you know I'm very open and honest and sometimes I can come off as a little abrasive uh right hmm. yeah I think um yeah I think that like openness and honesty between like your support group your family the people you love like having that two-way street is super important like uh not only you sharing with them sharing back to and then like having that um, that open road so to speak or that bridge mm -hmm. connection to each other where you know that you can share yeah i think that's super important um yeah. and it's interesting because it's, it's not it's not only your mental health it's theirs too yeah like sure. they get the benefit of that as well yeah um so you leave the trades job mm -hmm. and um where do things go from there well, right now, I mean, well, so right now I'm on maternity leave with a baby, but before that I was, I was actually working with the government to, uh, to hire women in the trades. So I was like working with employers and women to partner them up so that we could give women opportunities. So, uh, so I'm just sort of yeah, on, on a break from all that. Just life's on pause so I can take care of my my little one. And uh, uh, you know what? I actually, in a year, when I go back to work, I actually have no idea what I'm going to be doing. And I'm so excited about the idea of change. You know, I love and embrace change. I, I love it. I, uh, I get to reinvent myself. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. I have no idea what I'm going to do. Oh. I even surprise myself sometimes. That's very interesting. Um, <laughs> so, so was that with like with the province or something? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then um, you're not sure if you'll be doing the same thing when you go back. No, unfortunately, I won't be going back to that. That that's all done. But uh, okay. Yeah, but I mean, I still have. I still look in film. Um, what else what else do I do oh my gosh oh yeah I still have my not-for-profit I'm still mom uh still a little bit of modeling I don't know we'll see if I can get my yoga bod back yeah it might be a little helpful but uh I'll be busy right. I'll, yeah. I'll find something to do right no that's interesting. that's interesting I think change is good and I think learning new things is good too mm -hmm. um yeah um so you had a new baby as well too just recently like you said there yeah yeah she's five months old five months old so uh was there any differences um having the the latest the latest baby oh my God. a little bit older so different so there was like there was a decade between this baby and my last baby and oh my god the world is so different now when it comes to raising children like everything is so different <laughs> Um, I, I thought it was going to be a breeze because I'm like, oh, baby number four, I'm a, I'm a pro. I'm Veteran. I'm not at all. I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. <laughs> Thankfully, she's a really great baby. She's like so happy and so chill. She doesn't cry. She's just like, she's just like my little sidekick. She's, she's great. Um, but oh boy, howdy. Having a baby in the middle of a pandemic was really scary <laughs> there's a lot of uncertainty um you know just in giving birth i'm like i like 
I didn't like, am I gonna be able to have my partner in with me? Like, I had no idea. Nobody could tell me either. Nobody knew because the rules are always changing so constantly. Um, so it was really, really scary. And I was really sick. Holy cow. Uh, I don't know if it was like from the stress from, you know, the state of the world and, and my own personal issues that were going on in the world or in my life. But I was, I was so sick. I was like bedridden. I was on bed rest for like the last three months. <laughs> Oh wow. um, and then she came out and she's like this wonderful little baby she owes it to me so for that pregnancy that was rough <laughs> were you able to have your partner in there with you I went with my and my mom yeah okay but uh it was 31 hours of labor I'm, I'm glad I had them only 31 oh yeah that sounds <laughs> not fun it was a doozy yeah she's she's lucky she came out so cute and happy it's my that's wild 31 um yeah so uh so leading into today you have a new baby three other kids um how is your day-to-day -day these days uh yeah it's it's pretty ordinary pretty mundane we we bought a house in the suburbs, uh, got a dog or kids and, you know, life's, life's pretty, pretty normal for us right now. Sometimes we actually forget there's a pandemic because like my partner can still go to work. Uh, I stay home with the baby and it's, life's just kind of normal, you know, and wake up, take care of her, walk the dog. You know, right. it's a, it was pretty boring, really. I, I listened to a lot of podcasts and, and things like that just to kind of entertain my, my brain um, right. throughout the day. Otherwise, I just go completely crazy because, like, I am so used to, to keeping busy. So it, my, the baby keeps me on my toes a lot, but I, and I need, like, intellectual stimulation. So, mm -hmm. you know, podcasts like, like yours. I've, I've really, really loved yours. It's so nice to hear real people talk about their struggles i found it really really helpful um but yeah so i, I don't know it, nothing really exciting to to mention in my day-to-day -day life it's a i'm actually I, i've got a filming job this coming weekend and i'm so pumped to like finally dip my toes back into the workforce um, oh, wow that's awesome yeah yeah i'm excited what sort of project is going on um there's like some short films uh being uh, shooting uh, over the next uh, couple of weeks um yeah so i'm working on those but there's there's all, all kinds of stuff there's like films commercials music videos there's there's lots of stuff going on on the island it's surprising yeah yeah, yeah you might not necessarily think so but yeah yeah it's cool. Like, there's a lot of creativity um, going on here. I've, yes, uh, there is. Yeah, I love it. Um, I was having a conversation recently, and um, someone was telling me, like, um, we we're talking about the island and like musicians here in particular, mm -hmm. and even you know, probably going into film as well. But there's kind of like a special kind of spirit here when it comes to uh, yeah to creativity. You know, there's so many good musicians, and there's a history of musicians, and, yeah, um, the film and you know, it is like a very unique place when you think about it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, it, it's a great place to kind of like 
share your talents and you know everything's going to be well received because everybody's just so like you know they're so awesome we're so nice you know we you know you you write a song and record it and put it on facebook like people are gonna love it you know and we're gonna go yeah. watch your shows and um it's a very supportive little island at least you know that, that's what i see those are the people i've surrounded myself with so right yeah i think that's the general uh general vibes yeah <laughs> I've, I've received a lot of good um a lot of good feedback from from doing this podcast a lot of support like good, yeah. right out of the gate and um when I did uh, CBC, I did a CBC interview like around a year ago, and um, a lot of people reached out. Um, you know, just kind of random islanders, just yeah. um, saying some super supportive things. I think it's, uh, yeah, yeah, well, the way things are here, it's pretty, it's a great place. And it's it's such a thing to tackle too. Like, I don't know because like I, I find with creativity comes like mental health like they, they often go hand in hand yeah. um so we have a lot of creative people we, we have a lot of depressed people yeah unfortunately yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a balance gotta try and keep the balance it's interesting how that goes and like there's also like uh yeah that's another thing i'd love to like if this podcast could help somebody like that would be amazing another like message i'd like to get out like and this is kind of like a side thing but it, it plays into it like you said like if you have something you feel like you need to create like you should do it like i yeah i never thought i would make a podcast or like it's just like i don't know you know like there's yeah. probably plenty of people that feel like they could make a podcast or feel like they want to write a song or they want to make a film yeah. and uh i really believe like creative people if you're holding that creative energy in, that's really going to affect your mental health absolutely yeah uh, that was that was a big thing for me myself too because i i'm you know i don't like to call myself an artist because i don't like titles because then people expect more from you but yes. i've always paint and, and draw and create things sculpt like i've always loved to do that but i never had the time or the means to do it and and that was one thing that really affected me too like you know going back to when i was you know kind of stay-at-home wife with the kids and depressed i was like I didn't have any time to create um and i think mm. that was definitely a big uh, you know a big reason for my downfall um and that's something that i i started doing as soon as i was able so, you know, i paint now and hell i was actually i was selling paintings when i was going to college just to pay for my gas <laughs> just right so, that's yeah. awesome but do, do you find like a therapeutic release Oh, absolutely. With doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It's just like, even if I don't know what I'm going to do, even if I'm just like doodling with a pen on like the side of a, side of a bill, like it doesn't yeah. matter. As long as I, as long as my hands are moving, I'm, I'm usually pretty happy. It unlocks doors in my brain and I can, I can think clearly. So. I might be doing that right now with a pen in my hand. Get out of here. <laughs> I feel the same way though like um yeah the things i do I like to play music i like to to doodle and yeah just anything yeah it really helps me get things like i feel like a completely different person if i don't do it like it's almost yeah. like it's like this oh, energy being locked inside of me that i need yeah. to get out yeah definitely um 
I just had one more question, Sam. Um, Circling back to the women in trades, when you were working um, in the job you had, did you find like there was a lot of interest um, for women to get into trades that felt like maybe they um, weren't didn't feel safe to do it or? Oh, absolutely. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all of the women I talked to, who were, you know, who who wanted to work with their hands first of all no one ever told them they could no one ever gave them the option to be a carpenter or an electrician like they just didn't sometimes like that some women just like didn't even think it was like an actual possibility like and you know until we i'd show up at their school or their high school to to talk about it um and then whenever they did think about it they're like you know they're afraid they're afraid of of what the men in their lives will say, what the men they work with will say, uh, rightfully so, you know, because you are going to get criticism. You are 100% going to get criticism. And you just got to learn, first of all, how to ignore it or how to respond to it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a working in the trades is not for the faint of heart. And, and that's that goes for any gender. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's it's tough it's cold it's bloody sometimes well i got a, a met, i have metal shrapnel in my body for machining <laughs> like i set off alarms <laughs> so yeah so it's like it's wow tough, tough work yeah yeah that's the thing about it like i've been around it enough um yeah it's just very like rugged yeah you know you hit your hammer hit your thumb on the hammer and Oh boy, I almost lost my thumb. (laughs) I've got I've got horror stories from like almost losing limbs and and machinery, but uh, that's a whole other podcast. So I think that's badass, man. Yeah, girls want to do what they should. Totally building shit. It's fun, and that goes back to like being creative too, because a lot of trades work is super creative. Like when yeah. I was when I was machining, I was like taking this big chunk of metal and I was cutting it very meticulously and carefully to turn it into this like intricate piece of machinery, you know. And uh, it was it was it was fun to like physically see what I was doing and to like have something to show at the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, kind of like a painting, you know. Uh, yeah. Or or a song. Um, so yeah, that that working with my hands helps oh helped a lot too and you know it's like once I got good at it I was like it was kind of therapeutic you know I'd be spinning metal on the on the lathe and it was just like the rhythm the rhythm and and everything was just like it was very peaceful you know it's it's loud it's smelly I'm sure if somebody else walked in and saw it it would it would look crazy and scary but for me it was just like zen right I imagine you get to kind of like a flow state where yeah. yeah you're good at it and um yeah you're getting the job done um well i just want to say thanks so much for coming on sam and yeah, thank you. sharing your story um i really appreciate it um is there anything else you'd like to mention before we end it up oh boy um not nothing comes to mind I, i'm sure i'm sure we'll we'll end this and i'll be like oh shit i should have mentioned all these things but you know i think that's pretty good for now so all right like said, awesome. i'm pretty open and, and 
you know, I don't mind talking about this. So, yeah, no, no, that's it. That's it. <laughs> well, thanks so much for sharing. I'm going to send you a box of salt. Yeah. So we got four different types of cooking salts here. This is from oh, the uh, Prince Edward Island Sea Salt Company. 40% um, of all proceeds go to mental health programming oh, on PEI. Awesome. So I'm going to send you a box of those salts. Thank you. Salt like thanks. chocolate. I'm pumped. Woo! That's why I said thanks so much. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you.